It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Brainosaur presents the Weekday Warriors of Welcome to the Weekday Warriors of Wrestling. I'm Eric Clancy, joined as always by Mr. Patrick Kelly, and we are here on Thursday, March 15, 2018, uh, brought to you by com. Check us out on Facebook, on Twitter. Give us a like, give us a follow. Give us all that fun stuff. Um, yeah, so here we are, another week closer to WrestleMania. Um and I'm actually trying to think of what what happened on Raw. Actually, I, I kind of uh, I'm remembering slowly. Um, <laughs> I kind of did enjoy Raw this week. We had a pay per view. We did have Fastlane, um, which I did not watch. Did you watch? I did. Um, and you want to talk about something that was forgettable? That show was kind of forgettable. Any um, <clears throat> any thoughts um, as we had. Uh, we had a new United States champion, Randy Orton, beating Bobby Roode. Yeah. <laughs> we, had, uh, we had Shinsuke Nakamura beating Rusev. Uh, they had... got out of that match unscathed. We, uh, I know we talked about this last week where that match wasn't going to do anybody any favors, and it didn't, but it wasn't like a disastrous for Nakamura getting booed or anything like that, so they kind of got out of it without causing too much damage. Yeah. Um we had an Italian Carmella defeat Becky Lynch and Naomi. I went to go take a shower during that match, so I missed it. Nice. We had the Usos. Nice that, I will ahead. say this. It is nice that the Money in the Bank holder is actually winning matches. Yes, that is nice. They, they've got that, like, that, like, reverse push that they always give Money in the Bank holders because they if you're a heel, you can never suck. win, ever. If they suck, it'll be a shock when they win. Brilliant. Listen, pal, pronouns. Um, <laughs> we had the Usos and uh, New Day go to a no contest. The Bludgeon Brothers came out and beat them up. The the artists formerly known as the Wyatts came out and beat them up. Yes. We have um, Charlotte beat Ruby Riot, and thank God Asuka came out and challenged Charlotte because we talked about this last week, and I hoped this was the direction they were going to go in, and Mm-hmm. I thought they would, but I didn't know for sure. Um, yeah, I think Os- this is the match to do at WrestleMania. So this is this is a good one for the Mania card. Yeah, and I mean, Nia and Alexa have had a storyline since, like, June. So mm-hmm. I feel Mania is a much better spot to pay that off than just, like, sacrificing Not Alexa much. for... Yeah, sacrificing Alexa to Oscar for no good reason when you could pay off that Nia Jax match. So... Um, 
and it's great because like they have so many talented women now that like it's not like when they first came, remember when they first came up the the four horsewomen and it was and it was Charlotte Becky Sasha and and yeah that was that was really it and they were they were in a triple threat match they're like oh we're here we're just in this match and that was it now you've got people that like Charlotte and Oscar will be there Naya and um Alexa will be there, and Bailey and uh, Sasha will be there. But then you've got all these other talented women that don't make it there, which, I mean, for them personally, yes, that's tragic, but it also makes the divisions feel more important because every competitor isn't in the title match. Like, imagine, it, like, I always say this to people, like, if every match is a title match, that division super sucks. Like, imagine if every competitor on the show if it was only AJ Kevin Owens Dolph Ziggler and Baron Corbin and it was always fatal four-way matches that would be like terrible you would just be like okay the championships on the line it'd be like a Super Bowl every week which in a stupid person's ears sounds great but in reality it's terrible because then it doesn't mean much after a while exactly exactly um now you mentioned that they're probably doing Bailey versus Sasha. Do you think that they'll do that match, or will they just cram them into the Battle Royal? That's interesting, because I hadn't thought about that. Um, I'd initially heard Cause, it was Because they be do that cool. all the time, where it's like, oh, this should be a singles. Oh, no, they're they, just putting They do, the yes. That, that is yeah. accurate. They they do that quite a bit. They've done it with Ms. Dow and, and Miz. They've done it with, um, I mean, last year, Braun Strowman, the hottest act in the company gets put in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. I don't mean to, like, disparage the Battle Royal, but it's not even on the main show. So that shows you how how important they think it is. So uh, initially, from what I understood, Bailey and Sasha was going to be on the card, but maybe that changed. And now they'll be in the in the official Women's Battle Royal. Not not the fabulous Moolah Memorial Battle Royal? Yeah, which <laughs> is... Yeah, no, it, it was great that they did that. I, I was actually really happy that, like, Snickers, like, for those of you who don't know, um, <clears throat> everybody complained because Fabulous Moolah was a terrible person and did lots of horrible things to the women that she looked after. And yeah. um, basically, people that she worked with um, called her on it, and, and they, like, made statements, and they said, hey, this is these are all the things she did, and People were like, this is not a person you should have representing your company, like dead or not, you know, whatever. And WWE does this stuff where they, if you're a star in WWE, you're more important than anyone else in the world. And it's this propaganda that they put out there. The idea that, like, the Mae Young Classic is a fucking joke. And you can listen to Dave Meltzer's show about it. Like, Mae Young was not really a superstar in her day. Like, um... Nobody can tell me anything that she did. Yeah, no, beyond her attitude era stuff and, like, her horny grandma bit, which, you know, I mean, that was important, but (laughs) that was it. Uh, But, I mean, she used to, like, con men out of their money, like, you know, back in, in, like, you know, the 50s and stuff. So, like, uh, honestly, I think, like, an Alundra Blaze, like, uh, China, like, for, for all the stuff that people give China shit for, like, she starred in a porno. Okay. Like, so well, everything bad she did, she did to herself. She didn't, there were no victims. Yeah, exactly. And like, those are like her choices. And, you know, 
China's gone and, and, and there's that. But, like, as far as a groundbreak, a trailblazer, as far as somebody who, like, changed a lot of things, you know, China's a good one. Um, you want to call it, like, as far as women that change things, Miss Elizabeth, Miss Elizabeth is a good one. Uh, Alundra mm-hmm. Blaze, Trish Stratus, there's, like, there's a lot of people that you could you could put that, that title on that battle royal and it could mean a lot. So, um, I, I think they should name it after somebody, but I think they should like realize that we're they're not the the smart carnies anymore. It, it, we're kind of the carnies, so you know just pay attention to shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we had a six pack challenge match for the WWE Championship. Patrick, as I have not seen this yet, perhaps you would like to give us your uh, your hot takes on this. Uh, the match was not boring. Uh, it was fairly typical of what you would expect out of a multi-man match like this. Uh, AJ retained, which was the right way to go, um, so no damage done, and that's pretty much all there is to say about it. Um, Shane McMahon is an asshole, by the way, and the fact that they would try to pin Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn as the heels in this situation is laughable to me. Yeah. Um, Shane's been an asshole for a while, and but Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are somehow still considered the heels, and I'm like, I guys, this doesn't make any sense. Like Shane is actively trying to ruin their careers for no reason. Yeah, he like yes, it, it's it's very interesting because I I don't know SmackDown's such a mess, and I look on Raw and I look at the things that Raw is doing to get people cheered, and I'm like, man, and like to to write interesting storylines, and I'm like. Holy shit! So you guys can do it if you if you uh, put your mind to it. Yeah, exactly. If you put your mind to it, like so. For instance, like I I think the raw the the Roman Reigns Brock Lesnar storyline has been really good so far. Yeah, they um, and it's like what you said. They've found a motivation for Roman that positions him as the face and gives the fans a reason to hate Brock and doesn't so seem like, disingenuous. Right. Right. Like, there there was that moment where he was like, what happens if we don't come to work? We get fired. And I'd be like, eh, I don't know about that. But but then he, like, did the caveat where, like, yeah, or we get a hefty fine or, you know, or something. So so that made it, it seem a little bit better. But I love, like, I think it's so clever pulling Brock from advertised dates. Because normally WWE is beholden. Holy shit, at – at, at the detriment of everything else, they are beholden to advertisements. They will, like, advertise their title matches, like, nine months out so everybody knows what they are and it spoils results and it's terrible. Or they'll, like, advertise guys on their show so you know exactly what's going to happen. But, no, they pulled Brock Lesnar from Raw to the point where people were like, well, is this real? Is it like, like, and, and I did not think it was, especially with how people were reporting it. But the fact that they got people to do that was fantastic. And then they did it again. And it's like, that's a good way to get some heel heat. And, like, Roman's getting cheered. Roman's coming off like the Roman that we all wanted him to be initially. He he doesn't, he's not making jokes. He's like, he's like, this guy's a bitch. This guy's an asshole. You know, like, it, it's very, like, testosterone-fueled anger, which is kind of what we want from pro wrestling in, in, in this circumstance. So, um I think it's been really good, and it it's just so ama- it's it's like he doesn't give a shit, uh, Vince, like for ha- most of the year, and then he's like, all right, let me give it a shot, and then he like, you know, will do something great, and I don't know if this is him or someone else, but 
Uh, I think it's great. I, I all I like the um, I like the Roman going backstage. I thought Shane McMahon being there was ridiculous because first of all, in kayfabe, why is he there? And if you want to pull the curtain back a little bit, he's not creative. He's not in creative. So I don't understand why he's there in that sense. So it doesn't make sense as kayfabe or like, you know, work shoot stuff. So I thought that was stupid. But I thought Vince's reactions were like, like old school Vince, like, uh, you got to learn to work within the system, pal. As opposed to, <laughs> you know, like the ridiculous Watch me power character. walk everywhere. Yeah, yeah. The, the caricature that he's become in the past, like, I don't know, however long he's been it. But, uh, so I like that. I liked his, his promo after, um, but I thought it was a home run for, for this, this feud. And then, I mean, unless I'm missing something, this is probably the most, the match I'm most excited for based on the buildup. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's, the crowd reaction at WrestleMania is going to be interesting. Cause I don't know if, is, is it too little too late or the fans in Attendance it, gonna it, care. it might be, and like if it is, so yeah. be it. Like you can't fuck up for that long and then be like, oh, well, we started trying or we stopped fucking <laughs> shit up, and like I think everything's gonna be fine. But yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that was basically my point. Um, is the live audience gonna kind of warm up to Roman now, or are they just gonna do what they've done the last few WrestleManias and just basically sit on their hands and shit on Roman? I mean, they, they probably. They probably will uh, boo him <clears throat> because they're kind of they've essentially been conditioned to by this company, and <laughs> you can't blame them. Like I don't blame them. I you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. So um, I mean, for this storyline, like, like, yeah, I, I'm I'm behind Roman, but like, I, if you're booing Roman, like, there's. No fault to you. That that's how like that's how the company has set it up essentially with years of him being an entitled asshole. I mean, even over the summer, he tried to kill a guy with a with like a with a moving vehicle, and they were like, "Yeah, oh, I did that shit in the Attitude Era." I'm like, "No, no faces did." I don't know what you're talking about. Name one time when a face tried to kill someone with a car. The only time you can think of is Austin and Triple H, and that was stupid, and nobody liked it. Also, Triple H did try to kill him, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not like he was completely unmotivated. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's go to uh, let's go to Raw, then. Um, so there was that, that uh, Brock and Roman segment that we talked about. Uh, what... Hold on, let me, let me pull up the results here. Raw results. Um... Oh, well, while while we're waiting for me to pull this up, um, I should have... Oh, here it is. Why don't we talk about the John Cena-Undertaker uh, feud? Okay, here's... Okay, feud. Let's put that in quotation marks. The setup here basically is, I suck. I have failed at every attempt to get a WrestleMania match. Please, dear God, Undertaker, will you wrestle me? And if you don't, I'm going to whine and cry and bitch. Yes. He's an so, egomaniac. He's fuck that guy. He don't want to be here no more. He's sad. Like he's so, also okay, 100. So that that said, um that said, everything you said about John Cena and the build up to this 
was fantastic. What was correct? I'm sorry, but this promo was fantastic. And like to me, <laughs> I was like, yeah, fuck the Undertaker. The the thing about it is like if you were really like you weren't in shape, you wouldn't be posting photos on your wife Insta- wife's Instagram. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, like. It's true. Like, like the best stuff is when it's true. And Undertaker, like, when he loses at WrestleMania, he like doesn't appear for like a year, and then then he wins again. And he's like, oh, all right, now I can come back for a little bit. But yeah, yeah, he's kind of a coward, and uh, it's ridiculous that he's able to. It's ridiculous that he's fucking wrestling at another WrestleMania. Like, it's insane. Um, and I don't mean like, oh, it's insane, like how good, um, you know, whoever, um, Tim Duncan is at his age. It, it's insane that somebody's like, this is a good idea. Um, <laughs> and I mean, you did watch WrestleMania last year, right? The guys that are marking out for this match, you did watch the show last year, right? I mean, I've watched, I've watched his WrestleMania matches for the past, like, however many years. They're, they're, they've been bad since the Brock Lesnar one. Yeah. Like the like for those of you like, oh, you know, he was concussed in the Brock Lesnar match. Okay, fine. How do you explain the Bray Wyatt match? It's not any good. Uh Royal like, Rumble appearance. The the only thing that the yeah, the only thing that the um uh that the Shane McMahon thing has for is Shane McMahon tried to murder himself. Um <laughs> and then last yeah, year Yeah, people forgot that that match sucked. Yeah. And last year is one of the worst main events in WrestleMania history. I mean, I would put it up there with the Roman Reigns, Triple H. I feel um, like I owe Roman Reigns versus Triple H an apology after watching that match. That's how bad it was. Yeah, well, Roman Reigns and Triple H could have been fine if two things happened. Number one, if the crowd didn't fucking completely hate Roman Reigns. And number two, if they didn't insist on going 25 minutes. I don't understand why you would ever book Roman Reigns to go 25 minutes. It's like, like anyone who saw Brock Lesnar and Bill Goldberg last year and how awesome that four minute, 40 second match is like, that's all you need to do. You don't, there's this like, there's this idea. And it's funny because WWE is always like, oh, you wrestled in bingo halls. Blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, you have the attitude of a bingo hall promoter because you think all these matches need to go like 30 minutes and they don't. Some do. I mean, yeah, I'd probably put Seth Rollins and maybe AJ Styles and some of those guys. Yeah, I'd probably put them out there for a little bit. I'm not going to do it with 50-year-old Triple H. I'm not going to do it with Undertaker. I'm not going to do it with Roman Reigns. There's very few guys that I would do that with. In their primes, you would do it with maybe Shawn Michaels. You would do it with, like, Punk, generally, could could go that long. Daniel Bryan. It's not a. It, it's like when Vince is like, "Oh, everybody's gonna get promo time," you know, like like not everybody can talk. So it, it's funny that they're like, "Oh, these guys are booking all like 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 marks," but they book like marks. They put all these matches on long, and they don't need to be Roman Reigns versus whoever. Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar should be like a nine minute match. It should be high intensity, no rest, hoss fight. And you know, it's funny you mentioned that. Like, one of the, the biggest match, arguably the biggest match in WrestleMania history is that Hogan-Andre match that went, what, 12 minutes? Did everything it needed to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it did everything it needed to do. And, um, you know, and it's the same guys, too, that always gets those, like, really long half-hour matches. It's like the Triple H's and the Undertaker's, and I think those guys have this idea in their head that I can go 30 minutes with anybody. And I'm like, okay, I've watched all your WrestleMania matches. 
No, you cannot. Sometimes it's okay to only go 15. It's fine. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I mean, just if don't Hunter waste had, time, like, get to the fucking point. Sometimes yeah, if you just Hun- need to get to the fucking point. Yeah. If Hunter has, like, Daniel Bryan, then yeah, you can go sure. for a while. It'll be fine. Like, like, Triple H has a great mind. He's a he's a great worker. Yes, that's fine. Uh, if he has like Seth, they can. But that match last year probably could have been cut a little bit. Um, sure. You know, like so. Yeah, it, it's like it and it is really way, weird. And I don't. How long did that Undertaker Roman match go last year? Oh, at least. 25, at least 25 to 28, somewhere in that range. I'm going to look And that's it just bell-to-bell time. That's just bell-to-bell time. I'm like, that doesn't account for the entrances and what happened in the post-match. Yeah, let's see. Um, but that's another part of this is that, you know... 23 minutes bell-to-bell Wikipedia has it at. Holy shit. It felt much longer, but... <laughs> but... You know, the WrestleMania keeps getting longer and longer and longer, and it feels like every year something has to get cut to make room for these really long matches that don't need to be that long. Triple H and Randy Orton did not need to be half an hour long. Uh, Undertaker and Shane McMahon did not need to be 30 minutes, especially since it was just all about that one spot anyway. You could have cut that down to 10, 10 to 12, just do the spot and go yeah. home. But, yeah, it, it's like, yes, I agree. I mean, and and I, I said it last year, and I'll say it again this year, and I feel like this is right up WWE's alley because it's more money, but, like, do two days of WrestleMania. I mean, yeah, you're not going to be able to do the big stadiums, but you could do, you can run, like, Madison Square Garden twice. You can run, like, the All-State Arena twice, the Staples Center twice. There's no mm-hmm. issue with that. So do, like, two of those. Do a SmackDown and a Raw, and, like, I don't know. Just, like, I, like it. They're getting they're getting so big and then they're like, oh, let's just keep it on there, but give everybody, like, it, it's just, it, it's it's a recipe for not goodness. Like, if you look at, look at WrestleMania 3 and WrestleMania 14 and WrestleMania 17. They had, like, big rosters at those times. I mean, mo- bigger, really, in 87 and, and 2001. But they pretty much got everybody on the card in feud, in, like, feuds and stuff. And mm-hmm. it was fine, but like their roster is so much bigger now, and and like they have the two brands, so it's like, ugh. you know, you, you're not gonna. Make, I mean, they have they have essentially three. I mean, four brands if you count NXT. I mean, two hundred five two hundred five live is its own thing. It's always gonna get one match, and then your women's division is its own thing now. So that's like it's it's almost like they have like three and a half, four brands really, and they're trying to right. do it in one show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, SmackDown has their own women and Raw has their own women and they each have their own tag teams. And we've talked about that before. It's like all of each thing should be on one of the two brands, just give them a different identity. But it's, you know, it's, it's almost like they're getting, they're becoming victims of their own success. It just keeps growing bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's almost unsustainable at this point. Yeah. I mean, you know, I Triple imagine... H has to have that 30-minute match, and Undertaker has to have that 30-minute match. Which, yeah. how, long, how much longer is that going to last? I don't know, but good Lord. I mean, if I, if I would have told you 10 years ago, in 2008, after the Edge-Undertaker match, if I would have said that the Undertaker will be wrestling 10 years from now, you would have thought I was 
freaking And Edge wouldn't be. Yeah. Crazy. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Okay, so let's um, let's move on here. Um, Sasha Banks, Sonya Deville, um, whatever, fine. Um, Are Bailey like okay? I feel like Bailey and Sasha have turned on each other twice already, but they're they still have. Together. It's weird and undefined, and and it's not great. They always do that. Like there's always these weird things, like the legacy split, where it's like, wait, didn't they already split like two, three months ago? No, wait, they're still together. Okay, I don't, I don't even know anymore. Oh, I guess that was the split this time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah. Ugh, I hated how they ended Legacy. It was... <laughs> it, ugh. Um, all right, so we had a Miz TV. Uh, we're setting up Balor, Rollins, and uh, Miz for a triple threat, which should be pretty good, I think. Um yeah, that should be fine. Uh, it's nice to see the IC title on WrestleMania for once. Yeah, that is. I mean, we you never know. Ever remember last year? Like as the show started, I'm like, oh my god, they're actually going to have a singles IC or like a a non crazy multi man IC match on the card, and then at the last second they put Ambrose and and Corbin on the pre show. Yeah. And you're like, oh man. Um, well, it's okay. They've got. It looks like we're getting gender versus. Uh, Randy Orton for the U.S. title. I, I thought it was going to be a triple threat with with uh, Rude. They might throw Rude in there. I don't know, but it's either way. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. Uh. So the tag team storyline all night was that we we need the bar needed opponents for WrestleMania, and now Braun Strowman wins a tag team battle royal, which. So I like Braun being being treated like a star like this, but you know me, I always it's so problematic to have like, oh, uh, it's one guy and he's gonna beat the t- best tag. That, you know, even if it is Braun, it's just like ugh. Like, well, now they, I'm wondering is are they gonna give him a partner at some point before WrestleMania? Who would they give him? Big Show, Kane. I, I don't know. Cause so. So for those of you listening and are not aware of this, the reason Braun, Braun was originally supposed to have a intercontinental title match against Miz, which I thought would have been great because, like, Miz is the real best heel and Strowman is the real best face on the show. So I thought that would have <laughs> been awesome, and you could have had some really cool stuff with Miz, like, running away from Strowman. He was taken uh, they did out it during of, the gauntlet match a couple weeks ago. It, yeah. That was like a preview to what the Mania match could have been, but, yeah. you know. Yeah, uh, and it would have given yeah it it would have been good for both of them. Um, so, but WWE is concerned about this these steroid accusations that quote unquote filmmaker John Bravo has on on uh, Roman Reigns. And <laughs> that's his real name. I know it's probably not, but um, so and, and apparently he is releasing this tomorrow. So. We'll see what happens, but the the word from Meltzer was that they were keeping Strowman as a backup for both guys. So apparently, if if Lesnar did a, I, I don't know, he left or something, which I feel like he wouldn't do before dropping the belt because there's money to be made. But um, if Lesnar had to go or 
Roman had to be suspended for whatever reason, Strowman would step in. Which, like, okay, I mean, that's cool to have that option for yourself, but boy, oh boy, does that suck for Strowman. So now we're getting, he wins this this tag team battle royal. Uh, and, I mean, part of me is like, oh, that's interesting, I guess. But part of me is like, eh. It's just like, he's just, once again, he's in limbo for the second year in a row. Yeah. And he shouldn't be because he's one of the most over things on the show. Yeah. So. I mean, if you don't have a plan for him, I, I mean, this would have been like the year we went and Daniel Bryan wasn't even on the card, which would have been, I, I mean, what they gave him wasn't that great, but it's like, at least he's there in like a feature match. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so then we had, we had uh, Oscar beat Mickey James and said that she was not interested in facing Alexa because Alexa is not the best champion. Uh, and then we had a segment where Bliss and and Mickey were talking shit about Nia backstage. And then Charlie, somebody in production hates them. Yeah, and then Charlie comes out. This was so weird to me. So like. She's like, just, we had the interview segment going, so this mic was on the whole time. And I was like, oh, shit, you know what else was on? The fucking camera. Like, it, it, it's, I guess, I guess the WWE idea is that, like, the ca- like you can't see the camera. That, like, that's it, right? That's, that's why they, even though Nia is actually watching them on the fucking screen in the ring, they they act like the camera is not there. It's just the microphone. It's it's so insane. Like I always talk about how great Lucha Underground is for doing the things that they do with the camera and it's like like the people in the audience can't see it. The 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 um, striker and Vampiro are not aware of it. It's it's for you as a benefit as a TV show. Uh, that that make that works so well. And like they made they make clear definitions right out of the bat, right off the bat. And this is just like, oh, come on! This is so stupid. Like, it's so dumb. I mean, like, I think they were trying to get around like that criticism. It's like, why do people say this stuff in front of the camera if they know the camera's on them? I think this was their way of trying to get around that, but they did it in such a stupid way that it still doesn't make sense. It, it's so they're so lazy. They're super lazy. If you like, for those of you who are newer to wrestling. I want you to go back and watch, like, a Raw from, like, 96. In fact, I want you to go and watch, it's either a late 95 or an early 96 one, in which Razor and Goldust are brawling around the building. Or, in fact, when Ahmed Johnson is looking for Goldust after he was, after Goldust, like, kissed him, uh, sexually assaulted him, actually. And um, (laughs) I remember that. And they're followed around by cameras, like actual cameramen, and it just feels like a real thing. There's another great episode. It's right after Wrestle, a little bit after WrestleMania 14, and it's after Austin like assaulted Vince, and they're like, "Oh, are they gonna arrest him? Are they gonna arrest Austin and stuff?" And Kevin Kelly's there all night, and he's like, "Well, we gotta, we're gonna stay with this," and it's like a news report, and it's just like watch that, and then watch. I want to say. I want to say late 98 is when that started to change. Am I right on that, Patrick? Um, I think in the 99, they were still kind of doing uh, 
like the investigative reporting stuff, but it kind so, of slowly. So here's away. here's what's prompting me the uh, the Bang three sixteen episode where that one mm-hmm. Vince is in the room and like Triple H oh no Triple H doesn't come by um yeah no he doesn't um but like uh Mr Sacco and stuff like that kind of stuff I think. I feel like that that's where the transition started. Yeah. But like I, like with the bedpan. Yeah, they they at least established why a camera was, was there because Vince was doing an interview uh that was being yeah. showcased on Rob, but it was still kinda like those little details were becoming more and more like you know, thrown to the wayside. Uh starting yeah. with stuff like that. And it just like and, and like you'll watch I mean, by like by two thousand it's like, oh, it's, it's all they do. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. It, it just, it, it really just, <clears throat> it just kills it for me. It really does. Like, it really bothers me. Um, I've always thought, like, and I always thought Nitro had a great setup with that, with how they, they had a very, like, old school WWF, like, style with with Oakland and stuff as far as the interviews went and of course then they sold out and they went to the they went to that style because they were getting their asses kicked and they didn't know what to do but like yeah it just it sucks it just sucks so much yeah i was watching uh you mentioned wcw i was watching the second class of champions last week and they had jr outside welcoming people and wrestlers as, as they were coming into the building trying to get interviews with them and Lex Luger drove up in his limo, and he was he was the number one contender against Flair at the Great American Bash, which was like the next upcoming major event. Yeah. And then the Four Horsemen jump Lex Luger and assault him and bloody him and, and beat the crap out of him. This is all captured in the camera that was set up because Jr. was welcoming wrestlers to the show and trying to get an exclusive interview with them. It's like okay, everything they just did there made sense. Yeah, and you know, and I think I, I'll give credit to NXT as well. I think NXT does a really great job with that stuff. Like they'll they'll have like their very per- footage and that type of stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, they'll have like like um, yeah, like uh, like Instagram like stories or whatever, or you know, like people film themselves doing things. So when like you know, um, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay film themselves, like oh look who it is, you know, that makes sense. That seems like a real thing. Or like when um when Shayna Baszler choked out, like, whoever she choked out in that one little segment, like, all that Which stuff. Which some people like, thought was a shoot for some reason. Yeah, but that, I mean, that that's the kind of reactions you get when you do that stuff, mm-hmm. because it seems like real humans are acting the way human beings act, you know, as opposed to, like, right. this is this thing we do because we forgot why we did it, and there we go. Now let's stand shoulder to shoulder and get everybody in the frame. Yeah, I know. It's like, it's like cheat out and, uh, and watch the TV. <laughs> so. Uh, so, yeah, then I tore apart the dressing room, and uh, there we go. I mean, that was pretty much it. Balor went over Rollins. I'm assuming we're going to have some back and forth with that, because um, I think that's pretty much sad. I really like the finish to that match. Oh, with the, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was good. It's like, oh, hey, he scouts him, and oh, hey, a match didn't end with a finisher. Hooray. Yeah, yes. It did oh. something a little creative. Did I, by, by the way, have I, um, I don't know if I've mentioned this to you. I mention this to my friend Steve all the time. Have I ever talked to you just how much I hate superplexes? 
uh, how they're like pointless high spots. Go for it. Uh, no, well, they're, well, they're, they're stupid. Because, first of all, like they're not that amazing to look at. Secondly, every time, every time, announcers go fucking nuts for the superplex, and it's never since Barry Windham, it's never pinned anyone. And they're like, oh, God, like, it's like, do you not watch this show? If you watched, it'd be akin if you were watching football and people did a bubble screen. And every time, every single time, the bubble screen took a loss for like three yards or more. Every time. And you're like, oh, he could go for a touchdown. Every time someone went for a bubble screen, you would, as a viewer, lose your fucking mind because you would say, why, when did it, when was this ever successful? It's like when, when Dolph would, I mean, it's better now because he uses the super kick, but like, remember when he would hit the super kick, the famouser, and like, they'd be like, oh, I think he's got him. Like, he's never pinned anyone with those moves. Yeah, and that's one of those weird things when you look at the people that are in creative, and I'm like, do they even, like, care about this stuff? Because, like, you know that some people watch the show every week, right? And we see these things every week, right? And, you know, if I see a superplex ten times in one show, which I feel like I I could probably turn that into a drinking game, and it never beats anybody with it, then what's the point? (laughs) Yeah, I, I hate them. I think they're awful. I think they're stupid. Like, I mean, and this is me with, like, like, I I hate being like, oh, I'm the old guy that has, like, these matches need to make sense. Like, I don't want to be that guy, but I feel like WWE's like, oh, you gotta, your match, you need to tell a story in the ring. But they never tell coherent stories in the ring. Like, like it's just me <laughs> with, I like. I was ranting to somebody the other day about how uh, the new DuckTales show isn't as good as the old DuckTales. So I, I know how you feel. I haven't even seen it yet. Um, it's, it's not yeah, good. The pilot's good. No, the pilot's good. My main problem with it is that they focus way too much on the kids and not on the characters I'm there to see: Scrooge, Donald, and Launchpad. Is um is Gizmoduck in it? He's not, but they teased him in one of the episodes I saw, so he's probably oh. on the way. Okay. Um. Yeah, but it's just like I hate the idea that only a finisher beats people. Um, I think that's so silly. Well, um, I'm watching all these old shows on the network now. Like, I'm watching shit for Mid-South and uh, all this Yeah, Mid-South is awesome. And, yeah, and people lose to, like, clotheslines, and they lose to, like, uh, like ver- I watched Hulk Hogan in 1980. He beat Tito Santana with a vertical suplex. And I'm like, holy shit. No, that would never fly today. But it, in a way, it's kind of brilliant because it makes all the moves mean something because, oh, my God, any one of these moves could end the match. I mean, and they were even doing that in, like, 1993. I mean, mm-hmm. like, Razor would beat people with fallaway slams, you know? Yeah. And it would, like, like, and you watch those. So, like, people shit, like, uh, I, I hate, I, I always do this, so I hate, like, being the one. But, like, people shit on squash matches, but they fucking work. Like, if you watch early Monday Night Raw and you watch <laughs> squash matches that they that they have, up until, I want to say, like, 97, watch the squash match. The the jobber never gets offense in. Like, I can probably count on a hand the time a jobber gets gets like a punch in. Because they don't. Because the idea, the idea of what you're doing is to show us that Diesel or Bret Hart or Owen Hart or Razor Ramon or whoever is a star. And they're so much better than any normal guy that a normal guy can't even punch them. That's how fucking good they are. They're that good. 
So when the pay-per-views come up and it's Razor versus Brett, you're like, holy shit, who's going to win? Neither of these guys ever lose. And then you get these, then you're, you're more into it. And people are like, oh, well, those matches are boring. They are boring, but they condition your mind because you're seeing the thing. They condition you to care and think that the star is more important. Like, you look at the stars or quote-unquote stars that are on the show because they're always wrestling other quote-unquote stars. They never seem unbeatable. They never seem larger than life. There's a few guys like Cena, Lesnar, Reigns. The part-timers, mostly. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're those guys, but, like, that's it. And it's not like lack – it has nothing to do with lack of talent. I mean, we probably have more talent now than we did then, but – like, it's how they're booked. It's how they're presented. It's all the fucking work. Like, it was really back in, like, 1994. It was, like, 15, 16 guys. That was it. But, like, it felt like it was this giant federation where everybody was competing. But you're really just promoting certain guys and making sure they stood out. Now, you don't do that because everybody wrestles. Seth Rollins loses on Monday to Finn Balor. Finn Balor will lose on to Seth Rollins next week. Um, the bar will like, you know, it, it, they, they never come off as larger than life. It has nothing to do with size. It has nothing to do with work rate. It has nothing to do with charisma. Those things help. Sure. But it has to do with the fact that they're not presented as such. They're presented as all being equal. And as we always love to say on this show, like syndrome said in the Incredibles, when everyone is super, no one is. And it's the same thing. You know, you talk about telling stories. It's the same thing with any movie that you watch star Wars. Who is the rebel officer that Darth Vader chokes out and throws up against the wall? I don't know his name. I don't care. All I know is that Darth Vader killed a bitch, and instantly he stands out, like right away, within the first five minutes of the movie. Uh, Frankenstein, uh, the monster, he beats up a bunch of villagers. Do I know their names? No, but I know the monster that kicked his ass, and he stood out. Okay, so then when Dr. Frankenstein is locked in the windmill with him later in the movie, I legitimately fear for Dr. Frankenstein's life. Oh, my God, this monster, monster might rip his head off. I mean, these are things, and even today, I, you know, fucking, like, Black Panther, Killmonger, they establish him as, like, this fierce guy that kills everybody. Um, You've you got to have your jobbers. You've got to have your losers so that it makes the real stars of the story stand out more. Yeah, and, and they do it with, like, they'll do it with, like, the monster characters, like, Braun right. and Nia will, and the Bludgeon Brothers will get those matches. But nobody else does. But the, the thing with a squash match <clears throat> and the... Or, enhancement matches, whatever is probably a better name for it, but it's like whatever you want to showcase. You want to showcase... Oh, I used to see the Rockers up against Jobbers all the time. Yeah, and because the idea is you're showcasing a different thing. So if it's Braun, then yeah, you want to see Braun physically dominate someone and lift them up over his head or whatever. If you wanted to see Shawn Michaels versus someone... You wanted to see how much quicker than, than the normal human Sean was. You wanted to see how smooth he was and how he was able to beat whoever. You wanted to see when Bret Hart came up there, how Bret could twist you into knots and, and you wouldn't even know which way was up by the time he was done with you. Uh, you know, if you had like, you know, these are all different characters and these enhancement matches show different things so you can accentuate the strengths that these characters have. Like, it's it's not fucking rocket science. And unfortunately, because WWE is a publicly traded company, because it has approximately 7,000 hours of television and content <laughs> to put out there, you can never do this because, like, I, it's so – which is so funny to me because they're like, oh, well, nobody would watch. But literally, 
literally less people are watching WWE than they have since they went national in 1984. Like, there's never been less people. There were more people watching the in 95, the down year, than there are today. And there was no, and there's no WCW around for competition. I understand there was no Nitro back then, but like, they, there were still other options, like like on on a, a mainstream level. They are getting less viewers than that. So like, I don't know what to tell. Like, you can't sink any lower, guys. Just like you know, just try. You know, maybe give it a shot. I don't know. And I hear stories all the time. Uh, you know, they just put uh, episodes of All Star Wrestling up on the network, which was their weekly show back in the pre WrestleMania era, basically the seventies and such. And Wait, I what? They did? Yeah, yeah. What like, else did they yeah. put up recently? Um, that was the big thing I noticed. They also put up a bunch of old Coliseum videos from like the eighties and early nineties. I did see that. Yes, that was yeah. um very cool. But go go ahead, keep keep doing your. Thing. But yeah, they put this stuff on there, and those shows are basically all squash matches. Yet I hear people from that generation talk all the time, like, "Oh yeah, I used to watch every week." And you know, they say it's like, "Oh, they won't watch," but you know, how do you know unless you try it? Yeah. Um, hold on, I want to look for this all-star wrestling. Oh, there it is. Yep. I was looking, I couldn't find it. They were, I was looking for the episode with the Larry-Bruno match where Larry turns on Bruno, but I don't think they have it up there. It would have been... 1980, I think. Yeah, it looks like the most recent one they they have is September 20th, 1980. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Wouldn't it have been before that? Because when was Showdown and Shay? That was mid-1980, I think. Yeah, so... I feel like it was in the summer, right? Let me see, let's see. It's September... Oh, that's 1972. Um, It's August 9th. So it has to be before that. Okay. Um... Yeah, you've got to see. Pat, you've missed it, my friend. I have. Okay. Let's see here. Um, There's one where Bruno's, there's a bunch where Bruno's giving, like, interviews in, like, a yellow suit, so. Yeah, he was uh, an announcer on the show. What? Like that Why? Larry... Huh? Why? Because Backlund was, like, the, the star? Is that it? Bruno was, like, semi-retired at that point. Like, the Larry oh. angle was, like, the big... He said, I'll only step in the ring if you can give me the right angle and the right opponent, and and, and goes Larry. Yeah. This is also... By the way, this is also the first of... Uh, the showdown Shea was the first of, like, two stars beat the beat a tag team because it was uh, Wild Samoans against Backlund and Pedro. <laughs> God, this, this card is so, like... It's so... <laughs> Docked with with talent, which by the way, I always love when Hulk Hogan claims me and Andre drew the house at that one, despite being third or fourth from the top. Um, uh, no, I think it's safe to say during that time it was the Bruno Larry match that was drawing because they drew really really well. Yeah, and bit behind that it was Backlund and, and Pedro against the Samoans. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this card is amazing. This has um, yeah Bruno and Larry in the main. You have the tag match I mentioned. You have Atlas and Patera for the Intercontinental title. 
You have Hogan and Andre. You have Anoki uh, beating Larry, Larry Sharp. But Anoki is defending the WWF World Martial Arts Heavyweight Championship, which is amazing. You have <laughs> Tatsumi Fujinami defeating Chavo Guerrero for the WWF Junior Heavyweight Championship. Um, Pat Patterson and Tor Kamada. That's fine. Greg Gagne, which is hilarious that he's on a WWF show, defeats Rick McGraw. Dominic Danucci defeated Baron Miguel Cicluna. Uh You had a match with, with Fabulous Mula there. Um, is she going to be blocked out of the network now? Uh, yeah. Uh, and then you have some jobber matches. But it's really a stock card. It's, it, uh, it really is. Yeah, um, I mean, when you take into account, like... Uh, all the things they did to build up that card, that might be the biggest show the WWF or that New York territory ever did in the pre-WrestleMania era. Yeah, I think, so. well, I do want to point out, so I have seen, I have seen uh, Showdown Shea 1980. However, we do, like, Showdown Shea was a big deal previously because in the 1976 one, you had quite a few big matches here. So you had uh, actually, you, so you had three big matches that kind of like like headlined and justified everything else. Andre the Giant uh, and Chuck Wepner in a boxer versus wrestler match. You had oh, Bruno San Martino against Stan Hansen for the WWF uh, World Heavyweight Championship, which was the big payoff after the the Stan Hansen broke Bruno's neck. Uh, angle, which was a huge, huge hit for them, and then the and main I've event, seen one of their matches before, and they had like really stiff brawls, so that yeah. was some good stuff. Yeah, and it, it like it was it drew really well, and it was like you know yeah. Um, and then you had Anoki and Muhammad Ali in a boxer versus wrestler match, which is the one where Anoki like gets on his back and is like kicking and shit. Um, <clears throat> so that's. That's a pretty big show as well. Then if you go back to, to Showdown at Shea 72, your main is Pedro Morales and Bruno San Martino for the WWF World Heavyweight Championship, and they went to a curfew draw at 75 minutes. I can't even imagine that. <laughs> yeah. You also have um, Gorilla Monsoon and Ernie Ladd, and Jack Briscoe is actually on this card, which is kind of nice. Cool. Um, but yes, the showdown at Shea 80 uh, drew the most with a 36,000 uh, attendance, where the 72 was 32,000, and uh, I'm sorry, 76 was 32,000, 72 was 22,000. So, um, what the fuck were we talking about? Oh, All Star Wrestling. Boy, we got off on a tangent. We love old stuff, dude. I was watching because I've been looking for a bunch of old stuff. I watched uh, Ted DiBiase and Hacksaw Jim Duggan have a match in Mid South. Yes. Uh, do you know which one I'm talking about? No, I haven't seen it. I'm I'm still on. Uh, DiBiase's a face, and he's like the North American Championship where I am in my Mid South run. Okay, I this match that I saw, I don't think it's on the network. I couldn't find it on the network anyway, but I found it on like YouTube or Daily Motion or one of those things. Yeah. Um, it, it's a steel cage. Um, and DiBiase is the heel here, just to be clear. It's a steel cage slash coal miner's glove slash tuxedo match. They put all three of those gimmicks in one match. I'm like, oh my god, this sounds like Vince Russo's wet dream. Yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, Someone was I on a pole. Yeah. Oh, the glove was on a pole. Yes, right, nice. right in the corner of the cage. Uh huh. And I gotta be honest, the match was super enjoyable because it looked like they were really beating the crap out of each other. 
Yeah, I mean, well, DiBiase was always like an awesome worker, um, mm-hmm. and Hacksaw in his prime was an enjoyable brawler. Um, but you know, then <laughs> he got old it... and started pulling shit out of his underwear. <laughs> also, so I'm looking through the network at old stuff, and for the AWA stuff, like the only stuff they have, I'm sorry. All but two things have Shawn Michaels on the cover of them, or on on the the main thing. <laughs> it's like here, it's the Rockers. You can see early stuff, but nothing else from the AWA. I would be interested nope. to see like old AWA stuff. It's some good stuff in there. Uh, some really talented guys came and went through there. So I mean, it was the only company where I I think it was the only company where Kurt Hennig won the main title. So that might be yeah. worth checking out. I would like to see like Bachwinkle in his prime. He had some really good matches with Hogan in the early 80s before Hogan yeah. went over to the WWF. So, yeah. I mean, he was a, one of those classical wrestler types, but he was really solid worker. Yeah. And also, when are we going to get WCW Saturday night? Because... Oh, uh, they put Thunder up. So What? When do they put Thunder up? I think... Uh, I don't know if it's up yet, but they announced that they're going to put it up. So what? That should... Why? Where, where have I been? I found out the Avengers trailer is coming out tomorrow. I didn't know Thunder was coming up. What? <laughs> we got to watch the show that ruined WCW. Oh, shit. This is going to be amazing. We can watch I mean, that. I, go ahead. Go ahead. Go, I was going to say, it's like the WWE Network's really got us covered. They got everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't need to watch any of the new stuff, but yeah. No, um, <laughs> I, I want to see, because remember like the first, like, two episodes of Thunder where they're like, hey, we, here, we have, like, a He-Man cave set. And then, like, <laughs> it looks different after that forever. I I actually don't remember that. See, now I have to go back and watch it. it it's, am- it's so funny. It's amazing. Like, even when people are like, Thunder sucks. Like, they had, like, big matches on it. Like, in their summer of 98, they had, like, a title change between, like, Luger and Brett for the U.S. title. Um like this is gonna like historically this is gonna be so fascinating. I'm so psyched that Thunder's coming up. Mm-hmm. I just need. I'm ahead. trying to think. Would you watch like that week's Nitro and then that week's Thunder just to see how everything meshed up? Yes, yes. Because so I'm already doing that. Um, I'm I'm into 1994 in ECW. Um, mm-hmm. Because so. I, I've watched Raw now from 1993 to summer of 97. I've watched Nitro from 1995 to summer of 97. I've watched all the pay-per-views that have occurred in between, and I'm now bringing ECW up to date. So when I get to 1997, yeah, I'm going to be ready to like once Thunder comes in in like early 98. I'm going to have like a whole. I'm going to have a whole deal going. Very nice. The big yeah. three. The big three. The big three, indeed. Um, I also would love to have, like, the modern... I would like to have all of primetime up. That would be nice, too. Yeah, they've uh, some of the ones they put up there, I do remember some of those episodes, but I would really like to see a lot of that stuff. I would love to see the Halloween episode where Jameson got a pumpkin stuck on his head. Man, Jameson! Um, you want to al- talk about a character I just never understood? Like, freaking Jameson. I don't get what that was supposed to be. He was a nerd. Is that it? Like, I, I, yep. part of me thought like he was like disabled or something. <laughs> like seriously, I'm like, is he like some poor like 
like special needs kid that the heels just pick on? Like I don't get yeah. it. Um, I would also love to see like prime time in like the nineties and stuff. Yeah, do they have any of the episodes where they were sitting around like the conference table? No, because I think that's what happens in the nineties. Um, the yeah. last episode they have is July twenty fourth, eighty nine. So okay, yeah. Yeah, because they used to have, like, it would be, uh, I think, Vince, Gorilla, Keenan, uh, and then a couple guest wrestlers would be, like, guest commentators having, like, a roundtable talking about what the, the goings-on throughout the week. I remember one episode, one of the guest commentators was The Undertaker, and he scared the holy hell out of Heenan. And it was actually, like, really funny stuff. But, yeah, yeah that'd be nice to have that up. Yeah. All right, we got off on a humongo tangent. Nostalgia um, <laughs> is a powerful drug. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with it. Um, all right, but I think that's it though for this week. Um, cool, cool. I want to thank everybody for listening to us. We appreciate it as always. Uh, please give us a like, give us a uh, a retweet, a follow, all that good stuff. We definitely appreciate it. Uh, but for myself, Mr. Eric Clancy, and for my partner here, Mr. Patrick Kelly, we are signing off. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.